Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Don't you just get the feeling, Jacob, that despite how much the Steelers have struggled, or at least how much they struggled against Houston and then what you saw them do on offense against Cleveland and San Francisco, despite how low Steelers Nation feels this week heading into Ravens week, this is going to be the same old story as the past five meetings. They're going to score under 20 points, both teams are, and the winner's going to win by like two, by like three. Maybe the toe of Boswell, the toe of Tucker plays the hero for either side. Like, Despite how people may feel like this is the lowest we've been in the Tomlin era, I still just think, you know, none of that matters when you head into this game. It's going to be the same old, same old that you've seen and – you're really not going to learn much about your offense at all because is it, you know, well, just the same old thing that has been happening all year or is it the same old thing that's been happening in this rivalry forever? Yeah, I totally with you. I We're not going to learn anything new about this offense. This offense isn't going to come out with new formations and, and new strategies and you're going to see them score 30 points, especially not against Baltimore's defense who has been doing a great job overall this year by maintaining their opposing teams. It's going to be, a, I mean, Tom, I think best case scenario, it's a classic Steelers-Ravens blood battle because I think there is a potential for the Steelers offense to sputter, for their Steelers pass, or I'm sorry, their rush defense to struggle against Lamar. And I mean, we, we legitimately could be looking at a blowout on Sunday afternoon. So I think best case scenario, you have a close game. It's going to be low scoring, of course, because I don't foresee, I mean, Listen, the Bears just put up 40 points on Washington's <laughs> defense last night. So I guess, as you like to say, the NFL is going to NFL any given week. So I guess it is possible the Steelers can do it. But we never saw the, the, the Bears defense or the Bears offense exploding for that many points. But at least they have the quarterback, Justin Fields, who has shown signs of explosiveness. Explosiveness last year, he had games where he was going off. We've seen Kenny orchestrate game-winning drives, but we haven't seen Kenny orchestrate 300 yards through the air, 350 yards through the air, three touchdowns, 30 points. We just haven't seen that. No, and okay, of course I'd like to see that sooner rather than later, but I like what you said when when you were talking there about how maybe, you know, the typical Steelers-Ravens game, for the immediacy of this year and riding the ship right now and actually finding yourself in first place in the AFC North somehow heading into your bye week if you can pull off this upset at home. It being an ugly game is very conducive for the current Pittsburgh Steelers offense. You just need to score one touchdown. You just need to kick three field goals, and maybe that'll do enough. Maybe the defense will get into the end zone. Maybe the defense will make it so you only have to gain 10 yards and you're in the end zone for your one touchdown of the day. Like, for the future... You want to see that Bears explosiveness that you saw last night to kind yes. of be like, whoa, there's something here that you can build off of, and there's 
something here that you can week in and week out say, well, no matter how many points the opposing team throws at us, we can keep up. We've seen it before. But for the here and now, for you know, 2023, being in first place in your division heading into the bye week, which you can't do much better than that, they need it to be an ugly game. They need it to be a typical, you know, grind it out. This isn't firework show offense where it's the Dolphins putting up 70 points. They they need this to be ugly and they need the Ravens offense to kind of, you know, play along with that in this game. And of course the Steelers defense and their run defense needs to go a long way in, in making them play along in that. But that's the only proven way the Steelers win as they're currently constructed that we've seen. They have their defense wreck the game, and it's just an ugly, gross, oh, I can't believe we just watched 59 minutes of this, but for this last minute, it's great because we pulled it out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to put some clarification on this, Matt Canada did a good job of saying, when he spoke to the CBS crew, saying, "I my words were taken out of context. I didn't say that our offense isn't capable of coming back from any kind of deficit. He was just trying to clarify that they couldn't come back in that given San Francisco matchup. Whether the clarification but, is true or what he, they said he said is true, they both are true in the end. Like, yes, you aren't built well, to come from behind when you're in that deep of a hole. No one is. Right. But also, this current Steelers offense, if they're down 10, 10 nothing, even, Jacob, it's like you got to climb Mount Everest. Well, that's what. That's why we have to hope for a, a bruising Raven-Steelers matchup here, Tom, that's always within one possession. Because even though Matt Canada, like you said, even if he wasn't talking generically and he was talking more specific about one game, we've seen this offense is not capable of putting up a lot of points. So you can assume uh, a, a two a two possession game is almost out of out of reach for the Steelers. I mean, I remember against the Raiders um, two weeks ago when they had their game opening touchdown drive seven nothing. It felt like oh my gosh, that's the end of the game. The Steelers can't come back from this. Luckily, they did. But then the very next week against Houston, there you go again. It's 7-0 all of a sudden. And you're thinking, I just don't know if this team can crawl back from a seven-point deficit. With the Ravens, we've seen them go up against each other since the Lamar era started. Obviously, Lamar has not had as great success against other teams compared to when he goes up against the Steelers. Uh, the morning show had on Missy Matthews earlier this week, and she brought up a good point. Lamar hasn't faced off against the Steelers since 2021. Three straight which, games he's missed. Which feels like a long time ago, but when you put it into perspective like that, Tom, three games is a long time. I mean, hell, Dan Campbell, we were giving him a ton of credit just for winning four games against the Packers. That is a lot of time in between matchups. Lamar seeing the Steelers and then missing out on those three games. But Missy also brought up in that last time he took the field against the Steelers, sacked seven times. So <laughs> as as much as the Steelers have a bad taste in their mouth or Steelers fans have a bad taste in their mouth from last week against Houston, when you think about it, Lamar's most recent memory from the Steelers is hitting the ground seven, or excuse me, seven times. So we might be looking here and saying, oh, after that, game against Houston what hope can you have but Lamar might be looking at it and saying what hope do I have against the Steelers I I cannot escape TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith is even better than he is, is far better than he was two years ago when the last time I saw him yes Lamar could be looking at it that way or he could be or, looking at it on the other end of the spectrum and saying well haven't really shown what I can do against the Steelers mm -hmm. in quite a while 
they've gotten the better of me in the three games that I've played out of a possible eight so far in my career. He's missed five games, played three against yeah. the Steelers. And Jacob, honestly, that's what really scares the hell out of me heading into this game. That's what gives me nightmare fuel. Whoa. I hate that sound bite. But yeah, I'm going to pick Lamar Jackson as my nightmare fuel player. I mean, he, yes. he just... I know Steelers fans love to beat their chest that they're the Lamar stoppers, dude, but I think that that three-year gap is is it's scaring me a little bit, you know? That's what's making me go to bed with the night sweats thinking about Lamar Jackson because he truly is such a game-breaker, and it's just amazing how quickly, due to the injuries for sure, but how quickly people kind of forget how he just dominates a game on his own, unlike really anybody else in the NFL. I mean... Sure, you've got your Mahomeses that can really take over a game, but it's just not in the way that Lamar can. I mean, you know, we look at the box score and just look at 28-3, to Ravens over Browns, and it's like, oh, the Ravens just torched them. They really didn't gain that many yards. The Browns' defense didn't really play that terribly, but the difference, Lamar Jackson scores four touchdowns on his own, two on his legs and two, right, two using his arms. So mm-hmm. I, he just scares the hell out of me, even though you have the, you know, track record against him but you know it is a short sample size as far as that track record is concerned and he is fully healthy right now and the team around him is getting healthier gives me nightmare fuel oh jeez yeah, i'm I sure mean, you agree with that too for your pick but i mean i don't know where else you go with it maybe on the I defensive mean, certainly side of the nowhere ball. else to go certainly nowhere else to go on the offense but i'm glad you brought up the injuries because this ravens team overall not just with their quarterback but overall one of the unluckier teams when you look at the injury report week through week or at the season as a whole. But this week, Tom, it looks like they're getting back a lot of key guys. Yeah, it does. I'm pulling up their injury report right now. I, I know Odell Beckham Jr. practiced yesterday. Mm-hmm. Marlon Humphrey Marlon Humphrey practice. Rashad Sunday. Bateman returned to the practice field. He Bateman's been a full participant in practice all week with that hamstring injury. So unless he's got a setback today um, or he trips going up the tarmac uh, <laughs> on the plane to Pittsburgh, he's literally going to play. He's going to return. He's fine. Uh, I don't know why I said literally there, like a teenage girl. Literally, he's going to play. <laughs> uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is limited the past couple of days. So, I mean, I guess you got some hope there, Jacob, that he's not going to return. Justice Hill was limited. Marlon Humphrey, like you mentioned, was limited. Morgan Moses, trending in the right direction, didn't practice Wednesday, limited on Thursday. Um, Ronnie Stanley practiced all week with that knee injury. Marcus William practiced all week. They're getting much, much healthier just in time for what we've been billing as, you know, the typical bloodbath rock fight. You, A lot of these guys that are coming off of the injury report this week, the injury report might see some new Ravens appear on there next week. Yeah, I mean, again, I'll reiterate, this team, the Baltimore Ravens, have had a lot of bad luck with injuries. So they might be good to go at the start at 1 o'clock, but by 4 o'clock it could be a whole other story. I mean, but that's just the state of the NFL. You have to roll with the punches. I mean, but let's not forget, when the Ravens last last played the Steelers with Lamar Jackson on the field, the star of the day was Chris Wormley, of all people, because (laughs) Stephon Tewitt was unavailable. And Tyson Alawalu was out for the season, and that was the year that Cam Hayward had basically a one-man wrecking crew on the defensive line. And for some some reason, because Chris Wormley had recently joined the team and he was coming from Baltimore, it was just his day. 
So you never know who's going to step up in the face of an injury, a guy above him. But right now, the Ravens do seem to be in a better position than they are in most weeks, given how many injuries they deal with week to week. I just, for the Steelers side of things, I just, it's, it's hard for me to, like you were saying earlier, with Lamar actually on the field now, it's hard for me to say, oh, well, the Steelers just do this all the time. They can play Lamar. It's, when you go two years without playing a certain guy, things change. It's not just because it happened two years ago means it's going to be the same thing two years later. Lamar could have been studying, you know, for this game for two, you know, even though he wasn't playing in the second game in the 2021 season or in either game of last season, he was probably still involved in every single meeting and every single game plan strategy meeting that was, that was leading up to a sequence week. He might just be saying, yeah, I've been kind of low key getting ready for this game for two years now. So I don't expect Lamar Jackson just to come out, as a shell of himself just because he's going up against the Steelers. And I think it's also important to point out Todd Munkin, new offensive coordinator, fresh yes. set of eyes to kind of help mm-hmm. guide Lamar in this offense against the Steelers. Huh. What's that like? Tom? I don't know. I don't know. It's so foreign to me, but, <laughs> but also just as important as an offensive coordinator. And I think also, you know, you got to keep that in mind when you're, you know, referencing here as well. They got talent on the field now as far as receiving receivers are concerned, especially yeah. if they get healthy. And, and Zay Flowers has been tremendous. And for a secondary that's having a lot of trouble tackling people, Zay Flowers, they love to get the ball in his hands quickly at the line of scrimmage and let him use his athleticism, his ability with the ball in his hands to make people miss. So he's a bad matchup altogether. And then if they can get Bateman back and maybe Odell back too, that really enables them to spread out the field. But, you know, when you think Ravens, you think Lamar Jackson. But when you think Ravens historically, you also think those inside linebackers. And Roquan. I mean, Tom, you want to you talk about nightmare fuel. I think the only guy that's appropriate to list along with Lamar is Roquan Smith. Yeah, and just kind of putting them both under the same umbrella, Roquan and Patrick Queen, because I think Queen is elevated because Roquan has come in and kind of pushed him down the totem pole a little bit. Hey, I'll be Ray Lewis. You just go ahead and be my, you know, heat-seeking missile. I'm going to tell you what I need you to do on any given play, and you're a freak. You're a stud. You, you'll do it flawlessly 8.5 times out of 10. And Patrick Queen had some interesting comments this week. I'm sure you heard some of the comments about yep. Mike Tomlin, but he also said about the Steelers' offense, if you can stop Najee Harris, you pretty much stop their entire offense. And... I thought that was interesting, mainly because I don't know if the Texans really stopped Najee Harris last week. I think the Steelers are Stop the himself. biggest culprit, exactly, mm-hmm. in stopping Najee Harris so far this season. Um, I, I quite frankly think Najee looks like a running back in his third year that has you know established himself in this league. There's no real surprises anymore. He still makes people miss if you look at any metric more than any running back in the NFL, it's just those misses are four or five, three yards behind the line of scrimmage. And he's, you know, stiff farming two dudes into the ground just to get a yard, just to get two yards. But he's also had very impressive yards per carries so far this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, a couple games North of five and, you know, I believe against the Browns, it was over four. And I know in the Raiders game, it dipped down below four a little bit, but he was a volume runner in that game. And he, he really, helped that offense, I think, put their best output on the, the field through their first four games of the season. So I, I I don't think Patrick Queen's wrong because I do think that, you know, 
and this shouldn't be a surprise. This is what the Steelers kind of told us was supposed to be the case heading into the season. The engine of it all is Najee. If he's going, we can really do some positive things as an offense as a whole. I think you saw that in the Vegas game. And he was really the mm-hmm. only, only player with juice against the Texans. So, you know, obviously the Ravens are very keen on stopping number 22. That's at the top of their game plan. If not, you know, option B, option C. And I worry that the Steelers are just going to do them a favor like they have the past couple of weeks and do that job for them in a way and just not commit to the run. Maybe you get down early and you decide to just forego it as much as you should be committing to it. Maybe you're in fourth and one and you go shotgun instead of giving it to the running back that has been dominating, honestly, and showing you heart out there in that second half against Houston. You don't trust him to get the yard. You try to do something fancy. I worry the Steelers just are their own enemy in that aspect, and then that plays right into what the Ravens' defense is kind of telling you what they need to do. Just stop 22 and pretty much takes care of itself. Yeah, I really, I mean, despite losing, I think Najee Harris had a really good week overall because his performance on the field uh, spoke for itself. And then you talk about Hart Tom. You saw what he did when he was pulled out of the game in the fourth quarter when the Steelers decided and Matt Canada decided to start passing the ball in order to overcome a larger deficit, just because that's how the league works now. You get down early or you get down at some point, you got to start passing the ball so you can air it out a little bit easier. Maybe move the ball down, move the ball down the field a little bit easier as well. But the fact of the matter is, is that they were moving the ball a heck of a lot easier, putting the ball in Najee Harris's hands than they were in Kenny Pickett's hands. And when the game was over, Throughout the week at practice, I forget which day, it might have been Wednesday, Najee Harris spoke at practice saying, which has now been regurgitated all over Pittsburgh, saying that, you know, everyone wants to blame the coordinators, but it's on the players. You know, the coordinators can call whatever play they want. If we're not out there giving it our all, then it's not going to happen. We're not going to win games. And that's why I was so passionate when I was taken out of the game. I was mad at Mike Tomlin. I was mad at Matt Canada. I was, I was mad at all the coaches because I, I wanted to be out there. I was, I was feeling it. I was feeling good. I was helping us. And to be taken out of the game was just not, you know, conducive to winning. So, over, I mean, again, the Steelers lost on Sunday, but I think overall, Nashi Harris had a really good week of not just performing well on the field, but kind of calling out his team and saying, we got to do better. We can't just play you know, into the narrative of that, oh, the scapegoat is the guys on the sidelines, so the guys on the field aren't doing anything wrong. Yeah, I mean, this is what, the most losing Najee's probably done since high school? I mean, yeah, I mean, high school to Bama. I'm sure even in high school he was winning every week. That's what I mean. So, you know, I, you like to see that kind of fire, that kind of, you know, this isn't acceptable because it's not acceptable here. That's, that's kind of, I'm sure a guy like him, you know, thinks to himself, and I know, you know, as this crop of players gets younger and younger their detachment from history gets more and more prominent but you know i'm i went to a historically great college in alabama and i'm fed right into one of the most historic franchises in the nfl the steelers like this is great like i i know that i never have to question my program's commitment to winning and my now nfl team's commitment to winning because they Mm -hmm. always do that's the standard that they've put out there. And I'm not saying that they've gone away from that standard. They obviously want to win every week, but I can see where the frustration's kind of boiling over for a player like him. 
And I don't think the best part about it, Jacob, too, is it's it doesn't seem to be born out of a where are my touches, you know what I mean, kind of aspect right. or a, I'm not getting fed the ball enough or, you know, give me the ball more to help us win. Maybe he is saying that behind closed doors. And I don't think he's that far off if he is saying that. And I think it's appropriate in meetings to voice that if you think I could be doing more and I should be getting a little bit more of a workload, especially if the passing game is going to struggle as it has. But he's not saying it out loud uh, to the public. It's it's really seems more driven on a just results that the team is getting isn't acceptable. You know, not just, you know, I only cracked over. Or I'm not cracking 100 yards a game. I'm not scoring touchdowns. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that when he was arguing with the coaches on the sideline, it was about that, hey, guys, I've only been given the ball six times this week. No, he was It wasn't like ball. when A.B. was yelling at people after the Steelers uh, scored a touchdown just because the ball didn't go to him on the touchdown. No. <laughs> no, I mean, again, he, he it wasn't like he wasn't getting the ball in Houston. He was getting the ball. He had 15 carries before he was taken out, but the, 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 the puzzling matter was why were you feeding him all that entire game and he was approaching 100 yards and you decided – Oh, all of a sudden, we're not going to start giving the ball to Najee Harris. We're going to just pass the ball now, put the ball in Kenny Pickett's hands. Just because, I mean, you were all, you were facing a deficit that entire game. You were down 60 nothing at the half. You only put together two field goal drives. You actually got to within 10 points in the third quarter, and you gave up You gave up eventually. When this, the Texans scored there, was it the, the third touchdown of the game? Or to put them whatever put them up twenty three to six, it was okay. Well, we can't, you know, we have to ignore Najee Harris now because even though he's been helping us, now the deficit is far too big, and you have to just air the ball out to move the ball effectively down the field. Yeah, so I want to still attack the Ravens' defense via the ground game. I think that's, yeah, that's I, at least I'd where they've they've not been tested, I don't think, enough there. They don't have any vulnerabilities right now, but that's the one area where I would say they have not been tested enough. So you got to try to take a stab in that, and that's conducive to making it an ugly, low-scoring game and you know, hoping to keep things always within one score, like we mentioned at the beginning of the episode. And quickly, you know, just to bring it full circle, we talked about mm-hmm. this kind of on Wednesday's episodes this week, though. I, I I don't know what you do to stop Lamar right now other than getting consistent pressure on him. His completion percentage drops off a cliff almost 40% worth when he faces pressure. Most quarterbacks' completion percentage does that, not as drastically as his, but obviously pressure creates more inaccurate passes. But you notice it with Lamar and kind of what you referenced with Missy's stat on the morning show. Last time Lamar played the Steelers, they sacked him seven times. That's the pressure you need to get on him. He'll fumble the ball. Um, Colts got some good pressure on him in the game that the Ravens lost this year. And what happened, Lamar fumbled the ball twice in their own territory, and Indy took advantage of that. So get pressure and force turnovers other than that, or if he, God forbid, stays calm. Because that's the other part of this, Jacob. He It's not against the law that he can stay calm under the Steelers creating <laughs> a ton of pressure. If that happens or if the Steelers fail to get pressure like they did against Houston, I unfortunately think, you know, Ravens are a four-and-a-half-point favorite. It might cover that spread and then some. Yeah, it might. But, Tom, the other way to look at it is these games are always relatively close. And let's keep let's keep doing this thing. Let's reference that last time Lamar took the field. Who knows? It could be close. The Ravens could come within one score. And for some reason, John Harbaugh goes for two to try to go for the win, <laughs> and that goes in the Steelers' favor. Still to this day, do not understand why he did it there. 
Uh, I think it was it was that the first of the back to back weeks or the second where he went for two against Rodgers also and messed up against the Packers. But we were saying that it was smart to do it against the Packers because it's you can try to steal the win from Rodgers. But for the Steelers, how do you try to risk points in a Ravens Steelers matchup? So who knows? Harbaugh might. It, it may not be Lamar who repeats the mistake. It might be Harbaugh. Check out Yin's Chat's regular season challenge each week's answer Steelers trivia and make game day picks for a chance to win signed helmets, jerseys, footballs, or even a trip to the 2024 NFL Draft. Log into the Steelers mobile app now and play for a chance at this week's prize, a signed football by Alex Highsmith. Got a couple questions for you. If you're listening to this podcast on Friday, your question is Bobby Shaw or Mike Wallace, who had the longest reception in a game against the Ravens? And Saturday, if you're listening to this podcast, your Yin's Chat question is college-themed, of course. Syracuse or North Carolina? Which school produced more Steelers draft picks? We already know one famous Steelers draft pick from Syracuse. He hosts the damn show on these airwaves every day, he Mr. Does. Craig Wolfley. If you don't, if you don't know, you better know. <laughs> you better know that the Wolfman was a proud Syracuse Orange That'll do it for this episode, but plenty more on the way. So keep it right here on SNR. You're listening to the Steelers Standard. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.